On this episode, we discuss Robin Hood. You mean the adventures of Robin Hood from 1938? No, not that one. Robin Hood from 1973? No. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves from 1991? No. Robin Hood, Men in Tights from 1993? Nope. Robin Hood from 2010? No. Then Robin Hood from 2018? That's the one. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Oh, hey guys, it's me, Stuart Wellington. And this is Elliot Kalin. Guys, it sounds like we're in the same room right now. How I know, is that the possible? acoustics are so great. <laughs> yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's like, are they in a professional sound studio? Like yeah. Maybe where Paul McCartney recorded most of the parts for the Wings albums? Oh, he did that? <laughs> he did, he did, <laughs> he did that, that in the a... sound studio? Yeah, yeah, he didn't do it just like in a La Quinta Suites uh, hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds so great because you were nailing up uh, like eggshell, uh, eggshell foam in the room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I lose my deposit on this hotel room. I mean, I don't think I think it doesn't matter. Okay. It just sounds so good. You'll just play the podcast for them, and they'll just be like, mm, "Nothing in the you. rule book says you can't put uh, eggshell foam in here." I'm pretty sure there is a rule book that says you can't just nail stuff. Uh, to the wall. We'll figure that out. Yeah, but uh, it's no joke. We're in a glamorous La Quinta. Woo! The hotel's so glamorous they provide shampoo but not conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rockefeller. <laughs> and the tiniest of the tiny shampoo bottles. <laughs> Even for a hotel room, it's a tiny bottle. Yeah, I accidentally snapped the cap all, right off the top of it while trying to open it. And I thought for a second, was I hit by radiation? Has my yeah. strength been increased a thousandfold? Yeah. No. No, or maybe maybe there's like a bullet that has been lodged in your brain and it's slowly traveling toward the center of your brain to kill you. But in the meantime, it makes you super strong. Mm-hmm, that's how medicine works. Um, anyway, <laughs> what are you doing this podcast, Dan? Well, guys, it's a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Here's my favorite thing about what just happened. Is uh-huh. Dan asked himself the question and then seemed to not remember what the answer was for a moment. <laughs> they say That's when a... you're a lawyer, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. But I would say in real life, never ask yourself a question you don't know the answer to. What I liked about that bit, Elliot, is... Um, uh, oh, yeah, that you, were, you did it. <laughs> so, Dan, we watched a bad movie. Now we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we watched uh, Robin Hood. No extra words. No. Like, we all know it's not a Men in Tights. It's not a, a Prince of Thieves. It's just, we all know Robin Hood, the character. No waffling around. No fencing about yeah. Robin Hood. Now, yeah, no I, Robin Hood colon bad boy boogie or anything like that. No. <laughs> Though Robin, that would have been appropriate, I think. Robin Hood colon wild in the streets. Yeah. That, <laughs> now, uh, now, I'm surprised, because we'll get into it, but I'm surprised they since they wanted to make this movie kind of gritty and modern, mm-hmm. that they didn't just call it Hood. That would have made more sense. Was it because of the TV show The Cape? <laughs> I thought it was too similar. Now, was that a TV show about... Uh, a man who makes capes, yes. Cape Cod? Yeah, it was about a man who makes capes on Cape Cod. Because <laughs> uh-huh. there's a, a villain who owns much of the property in Cape Cod whose name is Chess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Dan, uh, Robin Hood. Yes. Wait. Explain. I thought... Well, do you want me to explain the character of Robin Hood? Yeah. So tell so anyone who's not familiar with the centuries-old character okay. of Robin Hood, what's his deal? What's he like? I mean, what are his turn-ons and turn-offs? In, Is he just like us? In the simplest of words, Elliot, he <laughs> robs from the rich 
and he gives to the poor. I thought you were like, in the simplest of words, Elliot, He-Man take thing. <laughs> He-Man take thing, not his. Now, in early, the earliest No, wait, okay, versions, he robs from the rich and gives to the poor where? In 1970s Burbank, no, California? In, uh, is it in 1920s Paris? Mm-hmm. Is it like a, is he a caveman? Where, Dan? Give us, give, set me a, a scene. In old time England. <laughs> uh, uh, the merry old era? Merry old era. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sherwood Forest and in Nottingham. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Back when everybody had green sleeves playing in their Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> you could not pass a car window without hearing green sleeves <laughs> blasting out of it. It was surely the songeth of the summer. <laughs> now, in the earliest versions of Robin Hood, Robin Hood was a member of the uh, human the, class. How do you pronounce yeoman. that? Yeoman. Oh, class. Yeoman class. No, he was also he was a, a human. He was a human. Was... If, if this was D&D, he would be human class. <laughs> he was I a... mean, that's not a class. It's a race. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I don't know. He was a landowner, but he was not uh, a, a noble. In later versions of uh, Robin Hood's story, he was a noble who uh, turned against the government. And that is the more popular one to adapt these days, it seems. When he was a yeah, yeoman... It's great when, like, a super wealthy, rich landholder deigns to give poor people stuff. Yeah, yeah well, we'll get to that. That's now, one of the... So he was Robin of Loxley, right? Mm-hmm. So you saying like when he was a yeoman farmer, it was just that's Robin who lives in Loxley, but then he became Lord Robin, owner of Loxley. I yeah. don't, my my knowledge is not that deep. Now, I, the thing is, is that you don't need to have that much knowledge because as the movie opens and we look at a leather bound tome that says mm-hmm. Robin Hood on it, we get some narration from a character named Tuck. Oh boy, everlasting! Who is immediately uh, winking at the audience, being like, "Hey, all that stuff about history." Forget all that shit. What year is it? Who cares? Let's just do this story, dude. It's a lot of the like, the story you've heard is wrong. Uh-huh. Don't think that what they tell you is the right thing because real history is a lot messier. And then, spoiler alert, he goes on to tell the least messy, most by the numbers. Yeah. This is exactly This is the- not your daddy's Robin Hood, which would have been Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> or your grandpa's Robin Hood, Errol Flynn and the Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so the movie opens with a young ninja dressed like Katana sneaking into a stable. <laughs> now, are they, they dressed like Katana or more like a, an Assassin's Creed? I think she's dressed more like uh, Princess Katana from the Mortal Kombat series, okay. but I don't know. I'm not a big Assassin's Creed guy. I think okay. we established that in the Assassin's Creed episode. <laughs> yeah, asterisk. See the Assassin's Creed episode. Uh, understand. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so this ninja sneaks into a stable. She is accosted by a handsome landowner, a young landowner. Mm, wow, a young lord. Whose name uh, he gives as? Rob. Mm-hmm. And uh, we <laughs> find out that her name is Marion. Oh, it's a twist on the Maid Marion. So, uh, already we're like is it a forgetting. Twist? <laughs> I mean, it, because this isn't the Maid Marian who's like, oh, save me, save me. This is a Maid Marian who steals. Mm-hmm. She's tough. She probably fucks. And she's really stealing <laughs> stealing Stewart's line there. And she's, she's just like, everyone in this movie is a super badass. And Tuck has already said earlier, he goes, the, mo- the story starts with a thief, but not the thief you're thinking of. Uh-huh. Record scratch. <laughs> Um, that record, of course, is Greensleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we so, get a little bit of a love montage between wh- wh- Rob what, and Marion. What is she stealing? She's stealing a horse to like give to a local farmer whose horse has died. And Rob at first makes it seem like he's a stable boy, but uh-huh. actually he's the owner and he lets her get away. Yeah, which I mean, at that point it's not stealing, it's just a gift. Yeah, he looks, He. Lo- I mean, he looks like hot enough to be a stable boy, but clean enough to be a lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sheets, streets, etc. So we get a love montage between Rob and Marion. Uh, fast forward, explains how, how great everything is. We see a little bit of the evil sheriff of Nottingham from behind. Like, ooh, who's that guy? 
Uh, we're told again to forget history, forget what you think you know. This is no bedtime story. Hell yeah. Uh, Robin, Robin gets a really cool letter in the mail that is a draft notice for the Third Crusade. <laughs> As they did at the time. It's so funny because it's written out like, you have been drafted to join the Third Crusade, signed by the Sheriff of Nottingham. And it's like... Uh, it's uh, this is the beginning of uh, of the parallel they're trying to draw between modern times and Robin Hood times. Yeah, which parallel spoiler alert does not work. <laughs> the yeah, so he goes he goes off to war with the other Doughboys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the host of the Doughboys? <laughs> no, isn't that what they called like uh, World like, War One soldiers or Doughboys? Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not a maniac. Uh, <laughs> I know you're making. I mean, a not joke. for that reason. I mean, you're a maniac on the floor. So, <laughs> so there's there's you, a couple you took of questions. Part in that drug trial in the future. So that makes you a maniac, right? Where it didn't yes. really go anywhere. Yep, and that's uh, taking those drugs had me what cutting off people's scalps and putting them on mannequins. Is that what happens in that movie? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Let's ask our old pal Elijah Wood. Uh, I think you're talking about two different maniacs at this point. We but, are okay. maniac McGee. Uh, <laughs> and I, I slapped Dan's shoulder, expecting a dead-on Elijah Wood impression. And I got nothing. <laughs> I, I'll make my eyes grow three sizes. Oh, oh just wow. like the Grinch. Yeah. Just like uh, Battle Angel when he saw that, When he saw that roast beast. <laughs> so apparently the Sheriff of Nottingham can like draft a nobility. The Sheriff of Nottingham seems to be a all-powerful guy in, in the Nottingham region. Now, uh, he uh, There's a council of lords, but they don't really do anything other than advise him. And also, the only power higher than him is the Catholic Church, which raises its own questions about how this this England works. Yeah. But uh, Stuart, so they go and they're and they're fighting. And what is this war like? The Crusade movies we've seen before? Heck, no, it isn't. Well, it depends on what you mean by a Crusade movie, because it's a lot like any movie that takes place in like modern uh, Middle East war movies. Mm-hmm. So, like your Black Hawk Downs. Yeah, your Hurt Lockers. It takes place four years later, right? We get a little four year later jump. I don't remember. Robin and his unit are pinned down by a mechanized crossbow sniper. Yeah, there's basically like a Gatling gun crossbow. And at that point, I was like, you know what? If the movie maintains this level of stupidity, Maybe I'll actually enjoy it out of just, like, how dumb it is. But it doesn't really. And I love this shot of, like, Middle Ages crusaders, like, sneaking through a ruined city, holding their bows at the ready. like Like their rifles. rifles. (laughs) Yeah, like... Uh, shouldn't they have like shields and stuff that would totally serve them better against this mechanized crossbow? And also the idea that the Crusades was like a modern war where it's like... And I could be wrong with this, but like street by street fighting through ruins that were caused. I mean, there's literally a part where they're like, they 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 have their little mission and they're like, get out of the. I'm calling in the stones, and they he like what sends up a flare yep. so that they they shoot they catapult rocks in. And yeah, it's like, like a like a mortar attack, but instead yeah. of a, I mean they're the results are the same. Or something. It's it's one of those things that all almost all movies do where they're like. When a stone or a cannonball hits, it's an explosion. Like, it explodes like it's a bomb. And when I was first watching this, at first I was like, I was kind of into it. I was like, okay, this is a different way to show the Crusades. Like, they're clearly trying to make it as modern as possible. But it just doesn't work. When it, when uh, when Robin is, I was going to say Sherlock. When Robin is, I'm <laughs> wrong English public domain character. When Robin goes off to stop this sniper. It's the class. And also the thing you've seen in every war movie where it's like, we're pinned down by a sniper. I'm going to go stop him. Hey, that's an order. Come back. And he goes off and takes care of the sniper because yeah, yeah. he's such a badass. Yeah, like but, in The Marine. Yeah, or Saving Private Ryan. or Oh, yeah. But, uh, There's other movies than The Marine. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least three. Uh, 
There's Saving Private Ryan, there's Robin Hood, and there's 9 to 5. <laughs> so, I don't remember if there's a sniper scene in 9 to 5, but probably. But uh, it, the minute he's like, stay with your unit, that's an order. I was like, okay, this doesn't work. Yeah, and I, I like the idea that, like, I mean, this guy's landed nobility, right? So, yes. like, who's giving him an order? Yeah, he would have raised, he would have taken his, his what, fiefdom people, his his serfs, yeah. and then would have said, like, you're in my you're in my unit now. We're, I'm raising you, and I'm raising the money, and we're going to go fight. Yeah, and he's like, and I'm going to uh, go to another country and steal stuff with all my other friends, because yeah, that's if, basically what they were doing. If you come with me and kill a bunch of Moors, then the Pope will... Forgive me for all the terrible things I've done. Yeah. So we're doing this right now. Like it's, they're it, it's what they're just trying to cram. But we should we should forget all the history that we think we know. The that's there's... True. good point. I mean that's right. You know what? I forgot what Tuck <laughs> told me in the beginning. Forget all the history you know about how the Crusades were. The other weird thing is that they're they're running around with bows and arrows, and you know they're fucking sick with those things, and they're pinned down by a mechanized crossbow, and they act like this thing is like serious business, but like later on we see. Just like regular guards, like regular, basically like the police force for the sheriff of Nottingham all have the same like mechanized crossbows. Yeah. So like, it is weird that those, those like regular guards have better equipment than these soldiers do. But you know, what, I mean, what, it's whatever. a, it's a, it's a cutting comment on how we often send our men and women of the fighting forces into battle unequipped. Remember yeah. their unarmored Humvees during the beginning of the mm -hmm. uh, Afghanistan and Iraq wars. It's I thought really... you were going to say in the beginning of the movie. In the beginning of the yeah. movie. <laughs> I wish it'd be like, forget what you know about Robin Hood. And then he's just tear-assing around in a Humvee. <laughs> like <laughs> with Aerosmith blasting out of the speakers. So, or sorry, Aerosmith covering green sleeves. Yeah, so uh, Robin Hood goes behind enemy lines to save his buddy Clayton, who has been captured. Then they get ambushed by an even cooler giant crossbow. Mm -hmm. uh, then they call down a trebuchet strike by using a flare, uh, and they're supposed to retreat. Robin Hood gets almost captured and killed by, like, the leader of the the, the Moorish forces. Yeah, but who's then, a super badass. Yeah, fighter. he's, like, the most badass. But then, Lots of flips. You think he's just like a Jedi? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's, yeah. And he... Uh, and I'm like, can, can Muslims do that? Oh my God, now I understand why Republicans are so scared <laughs> of him. <laughs> and uh, right before he's about to get stabbed to death, uh, his unit commander, Guy of Gisborne, or Guy of Gisborne... Yeah, Guy of Gisborne, yeah. Uh, ...jumps out and chops off the Moor's hand and saves Robin's life. Mm -hmm. And that means the Infinity Gauntlet falls to the ground, mm -hmm. and they're all scrambling for it, because uh -huh. they can't let him get it, yep. right? We, we see them scrambling for a while. Um, and then Robin... <laughs> uh, then we cut to some scenes in, like, the, the English camp, where the Crusaders' camp, where they have all the prisoners, and Robin is, like, wandering around in that, like post-battle fugue, uh, distressed by the horrors of war. And he's watching as they're they're executing their prisoners and things yeah. like that, torturing them for information. Yeah, that's how we know that Robin Hood is a good dude. I mean, he's, he's like, hey, he's still Rob of Locks hey, at this point. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't just randomly kill prisoners. He's like, hey, I know I'm also part of the fighting force that has invaded this foreign country because for some reason the Pope has decided he wants it really badly. I mean, mm -hmm. for some reason, because yeah. it's sacred to them, like yeah. it is to everybody. Not to everybody, but to everybody in the Judeo-Christian yeah. um, Islamic faiths. And probably some other ones that I don't remember. Baha'i, maybe. I don't know if, enough about Baha'i. Guys, I'm trying to cover my bases. I don't want to uh -huh. leave anybody out. But he's like, I know I was part of this, and I was literally just killing these guys a moment ago, but now I'm the good guy. Yeah. And so I'm mad about all this stuff. Not yeah. mad about it like mad about you, where it means I'm in love with it. <laughs> mad about it like... Well, sort of in love. <laughs> I don't know about those guys. 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's the good guy who thinks they should be treating the prisoners right. So we're the uh, the 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 enemy soldier who almost killed Robin Hood is revealed to be played by Jamie Fox, mm-hmm. um, and Jamie Fox is pleading to save his son who is uh, has his head on the execution block. Uh, right before he gets his head chopped off, uh, Rob, in an act of sympathy pulls out his sword and deflects an executioner's axe with it, which is wild. Like, that's crazy. That would never happen. In reality, probably the axe would just push the sword down and the sword would cut the guy's head off and Rob yeah. would be like, oh, 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 and they'd be like, cool move, bro. Yep, cool. and it would say two-hit combo on the screen. And you'd be like, wow, I haven't done a combo before. Um, it would be like in Barry when he kills that guy and they're like, Barry, you're a, you're a maniac. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, he and there'd be a moment of him like, staring at the sky like why I was trying to be better yeah and then um, we cut to Robin Hood in his acting class with Henry Winkler <laughs> and Henry Winkler's like you've got to tell that story Robin but I can't this is a, forget about history forget about the stories you've yeah. heard so uh, so Rob, uh, Rob is turned traitor on his unit he gets shot in the chest with an arrow and they're like if you weren't a lord we would hang you but instead put him on a hospital boat back to England one of, one of at least two or three times chopper him out boys yeah, two, 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 two. one of at least two or three times where Robin gets what should have been a fatal wound with yeah. the medical technology of ye olden days but instead yeah. he shakes it off yeah so, like Taylor Swift. <laughs> when she got shot with an arrow. Yeah, and then she shook it off. It was she By was, Katy Perry. But she was shot with an arrow through the heart. And yeah. that arrow was shot by a man named Cupid. And that man is clearly wanted by the police for shooting Taylor Swift with an arrow. If you've seen a man answering to the name Cupid, please contact local authorities. He's wearing a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think that would be easily to catch, but I guess he's got wings, so it's hard to catch him. Um the so in the in the process of uh, Rob turning traitor, he also released all the captives, and one of those captives who's released is Jamie Foxx's character, who grabs a couple weapons and then sneaks aboard and stows away on the same hospital boat going back to England. Why? I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. So Rob gets home. Uh, he goes back to Loxley Manor, which has been. Uh, the whole village seems to have been raised. His home has been uh, sacked and is in extreme disrepair. And there's a sign that says it's been seized by the sheriff of Nottingham, which is like, I mean, wouldn't he just have installed one of his own lords into that castle? Because, like, there's money to be made on that land. Yeah. Like, you don't just, like, leave it there. Rather than leaving it as a haunted house for, for <laughs> kids to dare each other to go into because they think a witch lives there. Yeah, yeah, like, that's where Dark Man does his research. Well, it's like the, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and makes his cool mask. Makes his little nose. Yeah. Little <laughs> <laughs> nose. <laughs> I'll give myself a button nose today. It's the movie. So the Sheriff of Nottingham, he's stealing all this money with his war taxes to pay for the war. Mm-hmm. But the movie seems to think that the way you tax someone is by going to their house and taking all their money money and then kicking them out of town and it's like no you yeah like Stuart's saying like you keep them working and take the stuff that they're making so that you make more money it's a very it's a i guess what i'm saying is the sheriff of nottingham is a short-sighted planner yeah, as the, we'll learn later too. the the value of loxley manor is probably not in the like furniture <laughs> <laughs> only take the effects what about his rich pasture lands burn them i suppose <laughs> i'm really interested in the tapestries <laughs> I want to take them on Antiques Roadshow to get a sense of what they're worth and then go on Pawn Stars, really get my money. So so Robin uh, shows up to the confessional where he uh, bumps into his old pal, Tuck, who had been narrating earlier. His old pal that we've never met before. Yep. And also, why does he go to the confessional? Probably to find Tuck so he can find out what's going on. Uh, So we find out that 
Robin had been falsely pronounced dead by the sheriff two years yeah. ago and that his lands had been seized and that other lands had been seized and the commoners have been forced to work in the mines, which is kind of like the Narrows in Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first of many comparisons to Batman Begins. This yeah, movie this, this and, movie is kind of cobbled together from the parts of Batman Begins, Casablanca, The Hurt Locker, like other movies. It's like they're like, we're going to stitch together a Frankenstein of movies mm-hmm. and then put Robin Hood's brain in it uh-huh. and, yeah. and hopefully it'll shudder around and act like a movie. And it it kind of it reminds me of the recent uh, Devil May Cry remake, the DMC remake, which is the same, <laughs> like the same kind of design and everything. And Tuck is a, a a cool priest, like the like the priest from Fleabag. Not not as incredibly well, hot, but the no, same no, sort not of... At all. I would say not a same cool... Same sort of attitude. He's not a cool priest at all. He's a goofy, lovable priest. <laughs> okay. He's, and he, he's what well, I was... cool in that he doesn't seem to like be like your your average like god he's well he's the he's the monk who's like god slinging guy he's he's casual with everybody and calm but he's the only one who truly believes in the words of christ yes. everyone else is venal and, and uh-huh. power hungry but he's got like long greasy stringy hair and like a beard mm-hmm. and he's always like oh blah, 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 making jokes and he's kind of what i would call russell brand x <laughs> oh yeah you, you can't get the real russell brand so you get russell off brand that's, yeah, i was gonna stuck. say i was gonna say that, like the casting notes were like give me 10 percent bill bailey <laughs> yes no 100 i actually had to check to make sure he wasn't bill bailey and you're like wow bill bailey looks great so the problem was bill bailey didn't come home and they're saying won't you come oh, no. home bill bailey won't no. you come home <coughs> he wouldn't do it so they got this guy instead Okay, so oh, so so Sheriff of Nottingham's taken over everything, and I forget. Did you say what what's going on with Marion? Yeah, so Robin go, and Robin goes to track down Marion, who is operating some kind of a soup cart in the Narrows. <laughs> and this is another one of those things where it's like, how do I show she's a, a she's a, a heroic character? I know she'll be feeding the poor of the mines, which is stolen from Metropolis, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm sure they didn't originate Metropolis, but it's just like the whole movie is just pieces of other movies thrown into a pot. Into a rich stew, a rich gumbo. And and while she's feeding some poor people, all of a sudden, Jamie Dornan walks up with, like, a really fetching cardigan yeah. uh, cardigan combo on yeah. there. And she gives him a kiss, and you're like, oh, fuck. You're like, no, he's going to be controlling. Like, he might spank you in a way you enjoy, but he's going to take over your life. Yeah. It's a real bummer. I think uh, you mentioned in the close, uh, I feel like to set the scene, we should mention also that no one's wearing, like, period, really no. specific clothes. They're uh-huh. wearing the, the classic, like... Everyone's wearing kind of like leather and button downs and mm-hmm. things that are not exactly and like torn scarves, like not exactly old, but not exactly new. Yeah, like cosplay version of Robin Hood, kind of. Yeah, yeah. As we're introduced to the Sheriff of Nottingham, played by Ben Mendelsohn, it feels like they the they were like, not only do you want to do we want you to basically bring your character Orson Krennic into this movie, <laughs> yeah. but also bring his outfits. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, like these shots of him putting on his long leather duster, and I'm like, is that the same coat that he was wearing in Force Awakens? Like, oh no, it's in Rogue One. Like that's yeah. the it's. He, he must have that, stolen it from the from the he, shoot. He puts on that coat after he brushes his hair with two brushes simultaneously. <laughs> and immediately I'm like, give me more of this. Like, where's that confidence when you're planning your evil plots? <laughs> I will say this, just off the bat, Ben, ben Mendelsohn is the, is the bright spot in this movie for me. Yeah, he's, he's always great. He's always great. And he just knows how to like ham it up and chew the scenery. And they give him a couple of super bad guy speeches about like his sad past and then about how he I want I want I want the hood boiled in his own piss and it's like <laughs> uh, he's such a like he's, he's really hamming it up old fashioned style yeah and then the movie delivers probably the greatest gift a movie can which is they take Ben Mendelsohn and then they 
uh, one up it with an F. Marie Abraham. But oh, we'll get we'll to get that. that. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that. Oh man, it's amazing. <laughs> so Robin's obviously distraught. He doesn't know what to do, and then he gets jumped by uh, Jamie Fox. And who wouldn't want to be jumped by Jamie Fox? Hello. Who, who then <laughs> recruits Rob into his uh, eternal, his twilight struggle, his eternal war against uh, the Catholic Church and the rich, the rich and the powerful. Yeah, the rich and the powerful. Uh, he's a real. He's a real. The richer causing these wars to keep the poor down, da-da-da, which is partly true, partly yeah. not. You know? I mean, like, and Jamie Foxx's, like, cause is is just, but I'm sort of surprised that Rob, you know, converts to it so quickly. Like, he seemed a little disgusted by what he saw in the Crusades, and, and like, obviously, like, the, the um, sheriff is, like, overreaching his power, but he's also still, like, an, a noble, like, for all of his life, and yeah. like immediately he's like, yeah, yeah, fight the power. Yeah, well, yeah, because he as soon as he lost all his riches, he was like, I gotta get me back on the pyramid, get me yeah. to the top. <laughs> yeah, mm, and the uh-huh. easiest way to do that is through violence. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the inherent Can I say in, the, in, <laughs> inherent in any power system is the threat of violence or the use of violence, and so I'm gonna definitely use that. There's no way to enforce property ownership without the oppression of the property owner less. Yeah. Can I say, speaking of violence, I'm not one who usually like objects to like a lot of violence in a movie. Like normally like I'm like, whatever this is, you know, it's like fake. What? But like Robin Hood shoots so many people with arrows the, in this movie. The body count in this movie is enormous. And, and like, they're just like, I mean, they're not innocent, I guess, in the sense that they're taking part of this corrupt system, but they're not like bad guys. Especially for a guy who was already drafted into a war. It's like, I assume most of the, like, faceless guards, because they all have helmets on, which makes it yeah. easier to kill them because you can dehumanize them. They, yeah. Like, when you put a mask on your enemy, you're not killing the enemy, you're killing the mask, and therefore, mm-hmm. psychologically, it's okay. Uh-huh. The uh, that I assume most of them were also, like, farm boys who got drafted by the yeah. sheriff into being guards. They don't know any better, and Robin Hood's just slaughtering them left and right. Also... He's so amazing with his bow and arrow that the arrow goes arrows his arrows go straight through armor, which is yeah. great. like well, arrows are like arrows are like I mean, bullets in this. I'm movie. not saying that Robin Hood never killed anyone, but like traditionally, he was more of a like like a uh, I don't know. He's more of a puckish figure. Well, it's like it's like Time Bandits, where he's <laughs> yeah. he's innocent and his men just go around murdering people. <laughs> yeah. The I mean the argument about arrows, Elliot. I mean. Uh, historically speaking, in, during the Hundred Years' War, the English longbowmen were known for being able to put arrows straight through the French plate mail. That's why. But from, like that, they, from point blank range? Yeah, I mean, well, because they were trained from like a very young age to be able to pull back these longbows. Oh, I see. And so that they were able to out outrange uh, Genoese crossbowmen, and they can also put a uh, there's more strength behind the shot and that's why the uh the majority of the french nobility were killed in agincourt and uh Chris. all right you got me right but um, and, and at agincourt they were doing a lot of like spins and flips and, <laughs> yeah and, like they firing did. at guys that, that are behind them and things like that well yeah it was uh it was also called the birth of the legolas movement <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and and what is uh so jamie fox is going to train him and uh, tell us more about this sheriff. What's he like? Is he at all a a thin analog from modern day warmongers? Oh, of course. So Ben Mendelsohn shows up brushing his hair with two combs, as I mentioned. <laughs> uh, he addresses people at like a, at like a town hall uh, where you have your nobles up top and then your commoners below. Uh, nobles up top, party in the back. <laughs> and the uh, Marion and uh, Jamie Dornan's character, Will Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just call him Will, though, right? Yeah, and they're like, kind of, they like shout back at him. It's very like, I don't know. It's kind of yeah, I find this scene strange because like the sheriff is like up there. It seems like 
justifying his taxes to the people. And I guess maybe he would do that to keep them from revolting. But like, yeah. it seemed like if he's in that sort of power at that time where he's not like an elected official, like why is he bothering to be like, this is why we're taxing you? Like, and he's using some very, uh, like very thin modern uh, arguments. We're about, fighting them over there so that they, cause they want to come over here and, and they'll they, infect our courts, our schools. They hate our freedom. They hate. He literally says they hate our freedom, which is nuts in feudal times like <laughs> yeah. their freedom does not exist at that time. and but yeah but then will and marion can heckle him with no repercussions yeah which also seems crazy uh, i guess it's the right of an englishman the, the great moment is <laughs> then when friar tuck shows up and he's like yeah robin robin of loxley's alive <laughs> which okay i guess uh i guess robin of loxley's alive everybody knows it and they're uh -huh. kind of shocked so they have to delay the war tax vote <laughs> for a little because bit because because robin of loxley isn't around and so the full council is there it's one of those movies too like v for vendetta where there's an evil government that has like three or four people in it and mm -hmm. everyone, all the peasants, they hate this government. Oh, they don't want to do bad things. They don't like it. And it's such a, it made me so mad because it's like when there's a bad leader in charge, it's usually because he's appealing to a lot of people who yeah. believe in them. There might be some who don't, but like anytime there's been a dictator who's taken over a country, it's never like 98% of the country hates him and 2% likes him. Like it's... It's just, it's it's a foolish thing for it to be like everyone's like ooh that Ben Mendelsohn I don't like what he does but what can I do he's the sheriff mm, oh, there's nothing we can do there's only a hundred thousand of us you know there's anyway. uh we then we then do a little bit of uh, background with Robin he is training with Jamie Fox who we are introduced we're given his name uh, and then there's the most obvious joke which is Robin can't pronounce his name his Arabic name his yeah. Arabic name so they just call him little John or they call him John yeah not little John yeah they just call him John or Lil John yeah. different guy so they plan on uh, stealing or money John to Connor, also a different John <laughs> they start plan they're in Loxley Manor they start coming up with plans for stealing money because they think that if they steal money it will undermine the sheriff's power and without money that uh, he'll, you know, they'll be able to mess with the system. And, and they'll that, cut off funding to the war, too. That's and that, and that part if of they, it. If they cut off funding to the war, then the real power behind all this will reveal itself because it'll want to know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, pull the tail. Pull um, the tail and see who bites, they keep yep. saying. And uh, But at the same time, they, he can't just be a vigilante. He also has to be the noble Robin of Loxley. So he has to 100% do a Batman double life thing. Yes. Playboy by day. Thief by night, dresses in a costume. And then, Does it remind you of anybody? The Scarlet Pimpernel. That's right, the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> <laughs> All the blockbuster characters of Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> it's around then when Marion... There must be somebody who's been pitching a Scarlet Pimpernel movie who's like, he's the original superhero. <laughs> you like your Batmans. Well, then you wouldn't have Batman without the Scarlet Pimpernel. So uh, tell me the story. Okay, I don't know what a pimpernel is, but so maybe we can change that. Nope. Well, okay, what's what? Tell me the story. I know there's a rhyme about him. So it's the French Revolution. Okay, I don't forget it. Stop. How about we just call him Red? Uh, like the Red Pimpernel? It's got. Why don't we just call him Pimp? Like it's a it's a cool kids version of the Scarlet Pimpernel. All right, you don't think he's the original Batman, but how about this? He's the original Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Without Scarlet Pimpernel, you don't have Zorro and you don't have Batman. I guess we can go all the way back to Jack Springheels. I guess that predates the Scarlet Pimpernel. So it's around this point where Marion shows up knocking on the door and John is like, uh, she cannot know what we're doing or else they'll just kill her, which 
That's another strange, like, I, leap. I don't know why that would be. It's, I mean, it's the thing that happens in all the superhero movies where, like, no one can know my identity. And then people learn it, and it's fine. Uh-huh. It's it's great because it, uh, it encourages the idea of, like, men having to keep their romantic partners in the dark because their work is too important. Mm-hmm. Um, so- <laughs> you know what? They should have had the scene where... Uh, he's like, but what if I'm going to strike by night? I need a costume, a symbol. What should it be? And then like a hooded sweatshirt flies through the window. <laughs> yeah. and goes, this is it. I'll be a hood. I mean, they kind of do that where he gets this. Uh, John gives him the scarf that his son used oh, to right, wear. Right. And he used that as his mask. Uh, so we get a cool training montage. <laughs> we learn that he can't just use a regular old bow and arrow. He needs to use a street weapon that has, like, uh, knuckle dusters built in yeah. and, like, sharp edges. And he also does, like, with the training, like, there's a, one of those scenes where Jamie Foxx is like, you got to do it faster. And he's like, try and, try and hit me. And, like, does the thing where he's, like, walking towards Robin the whole time as Robin keeps, like, reloading arrows. And he's knocking them out of the air, dodging them. And I'm like... All right, this is always like kind of cool when it happened, but at the same time, these 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 scenes always bother me because I'm like, but what if Jimmy Fox can't do it? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he's like super confident and he just gets shot immediately well, in the al- face. Also, it's like he's trying to get Robin so mad that I guess he connects with the true archer within. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you guys have ever done archery in like summer camp. The less calm you are, the worse you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you the, the angry, the more frustrated and angry you get, like the shittier your your bow <laughs> your your shooting gets. So like, I don't know. But, but also we see uh, he they invent weight training. They invent weight they training. They invent gra- graduated weight training. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Milo Cretonia. I guess they stole your idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, and and also uh, Jamie Fox makes himself a badass metal stump cover for his arm. Yeah, that he like heats up super hot, then sticks his stump in, and he's like, ah. Now why didn't he wait for it to cool down? A la Doctor Doom. Uh, he, I think he wants to. Uh, I think he wanted to like melt it all together, which seems like a mistake. Like those burns. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna heal. Again, I'm not gonna breathe. It's no. Crazy. Medieval medicine. He's going to lose that arm. So they plan on stealing uh, and then donating the money to get close to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. So he kills a bunch of guards in the rain. You know, the best time to use a bow and arrow. He's robbing a toll gate. He robs a toll for gate. The delicious cookies. Yeah. With, oh, this uh, whole house. Never mind. Like, <laughs> he, he, he kills some like cartoonishly villainous guards who are like, time to pay the toll. And then they just start like body slamming people. <laughs> And then uh, he immediately goes and gives that money in like a little sack with a dollar sign written on it <laughs> to the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, ooh, cool. I like you. And then he donates a bunch of money to the church. He makes it rain at the church at the collection plate. And everyone's like, oh. And the sheriff's and like, mm, I think you'll really help us capture the youth vote. <laughs> <laughs> and here's something that I thought was really weird is that like. Robin is talking to, I don't remember who, and then John shows up and is like, oh, Robin, we have to go. And I'm like, so it's not weird to anybody that this Moor is walking around England, just kind of like how you do hanging out with Robin. And like, it's this weird colorblind version of ye old England where we see a few people of color in crowd scenes where we're like, yeah, when Robin Hood does stuff. But it's very weird to set something during the Crusades and yet have this like, I guess, idea of like a multi-ethnic merry old England where... Literally, the guy that was a was a enemy captured combatant, enemy yeah. combatant is just walking around, and everyone's like, "Oh, I guess that must be his butler." Like, I don't. It's it really threw me off that that Jamie Fox was gonna just walk around Old England with impunity without people having at least questions about it. But I guess this isn't your daddy's Old England. Yep, I think they warn you about that right up front. <laughs> uh, Rob immediately brushes off Mary, and he's like. I don't got time to talk to you. Um, he then uh, he then immediately goes and robs from the church collection. Uh, Tuck is there, but he does not hurt Tuck. 
at one point, I think uh, at the, the, my next note refers to, uh, you know, the sheriff finds out about the, the robberies and this hood character going around and he gets super angry about it. And he does it in the presence of uh, Tuck and Tuck's like, do you want to confess to your friar? And I'm like, did friars do confessionals? Like, I mean, I guess they could probably they are men of the cloth. I don't know specifically. I mean, friars usually were just at monasteries for the most part, right? Yeah. I mean, they could perform weddings. So okay. they could probably take confessional yeah. too. Uh, I mean, by th- back then the church like hadn't, I mean, they hadn't split, the English church hadn't split off from the Catholics so maybe things were a little different. I don't know. So Rob overhears Marion talk about, after he leaves a little uh, pouch of money for Marion, he overhears that she wishes he would just give it to the poor. So he rides around the Narrows, throwing money at everybody. Uh, <laughs> Going, who are you going to trust? Me or <laughs> Batman? <laughs> but, and then it was like, I thought you were our Batman. Like, I thought you were the Batman before Batman. And that's why we couldn't trust the stories. Like, uh, like, you're more of a Batman than our daddy's Robin Hood. And, and, and they're like, how did you get that amazing accent? Did you study that? <laughs> Then we're in like uh, the sheriff's like. <laughs> I evil. wish now there was a scene where Robin was just. I mean, he's right. He rides his horse through the town, and like a real rich, stuck-up asshole, just throws money on the ground and lets the poor people scramble for it. Yeah, yeah. But now I kind of wish that he was just hurling it in people's faces, <laughs> like throwing yeah. handfuls of coins in people's faces. Hey, poor! Here you go, poor guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, poro. <laughs> uh, then we're in like the the sheriff's like evil salon with all the nobles. <laughs> And uh, and Rob's there and he suggests, you know, because he's doing his like double thing. He's trying to win over the sheriff's trust. He uh, he suggests maybe putting out a big bounty on the hood and uh, and he'll put up the money. Yeah. And then the sheriff like kicks out all the, the lords and then we get like his complicated backstory about how he was raised poor in an orphanage and he was abused by the very lords that were sitting in the room with them. Mm-hmm. And we get some like kind of confusing hierarchy about who's in charge <laughs> i could never quite tell like they were talking about maybe like hanging one of the lord it was just kind of strange it's here's my guess is he the king the like, sheriff what's is like the king's agent in the county yeah and the lords have their because we don't know what year it is we don't know if this is before or after the magna i guess we do know what year it is it's the third third crusade so mm-hmm. like when they're like what year it was I don't remember at the beginning. It's like, well, it's the Third Crusade. We know when that happened, right? Yeah. But like, so I don't know if that was pre or, pre or post Magna Carta, but like the Lords have we their should, privileges. Uh, we should go but... watch that that movie that I recommended. I can't remember what it's called. Like Citadel or something about the Magna Carta? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stronghold or something? So like the Lords have a certain power, but they're not in control. But the, but the sheriff seems to work for the church more than the king. Yeah. It's all, and like Friar Tuck works for the sheriff, which I thought was really weird. Like, I don't, it's it's not clear to me who, and maybe that's just how it was back then. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't live then, you know? Yeah, and maybe old, the intention is to to use the bureaucracy to be confusing, to make it harder for people to move up. Oh, it. deep um, state. Got yeah. it. Uh, so Rob is frustrated and he plans on hitting, uh, hitting the treasury. So they come up with a surprise plan, you know. Oh, uh, before this, he meets up with Will. Uh-huh. And Will is a real, like, politician. He considers himself like an activist, but he's going to work within the political system and, yeah. and change things that way. The political system that, again, does not exist. You cannot move up through the feudal political system from guy who lives in a mine to 
yeah. local establishment guy. But like, a, yeah, unless you're like, once again, unless you're Sergeant Richard Sharp and you save uh, Wellington's <laughs> life in uh, a battle in India, yes. and then you get raised up to uh, to a different rank and you become part of the officer class. Like, unless that happens, it's unlikely that you can move up. I mean, I kind of wonder why Will didn't get drafted to go fight in the Crusades. Like, they didn't, like, again, they weren't really, they weren't drafting lords so much. Like, they were, lords had to raise their, me, they, their I mean, they were go. probably expected to go, but, like, they probably did that willingly because what else was he going to do? Yeah, exactly. But, like, this guy would, but anyway, uh, but Will is, but it's like, oh, I see. It's, Marion's going to have to choose between the, like, roguish guy and the guy who's more of an established voice of the people. It's Casablanca, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hey! Mm-hmm. Except the except dumb version reverse. of Casablanca. reverse <laughs> Casablanca. The classic reverse Casablanca. But he's going to rob the treasury. Uh-huh. So he starts to rob the treasury and we go right to the action. Okay. We don't worry about listening to the whole plan. But during the process, he overhears, oh no, they have a new system because the sheriff is nervous about this hood character running around. The plan immediately goes awry. He starts killing all kinds of people. <laughs> yeah. Arrows uh, are flying like bullets, chipping stone pillars as they fly through. Like, I gotta, I gotta believe that... That, like, it's just so hard for me to believe that arrows and bullets were that similar. I don't All know. these dudes are running around with these, uh, these like, repeating crossbows. And he ends up, like, he, after killing a bunch of dudes, he gets shot in the leg. And he gets the, gets the bolt out, but he's still running around. He eventually has to, like, jump out of a window. And he's barely saved by John, who has already prepped everything. And ma- they managed to get away. And while he's like, I failed, John's like, no, we got their attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John like, like, lights a big fire. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? you don't want their attention. Like, the heat is going to be on you now. Like, And also, they had their attention already. Yeah. They already hate the hood. Sense. Yeah, and the commoners are now, we see that the commoners have been nailing hoods up on, like, the rafters to show support. <laughs> That's just a waste of cloth. Yeah. <laughs> so, it like, one, yeah, where are they getting all this cloth from? But also, it's such a stupid, like, show of, like, oh, the people love him. It's a protest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, nail it's, like, it's like how at Hogs and Heifers, they uh, decorate the chandeliers with uh, bras. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, like, this, there's a restaurant I, I ate in once uh, in Denver, I think it was, where you're not allowed to wear a necktie. And if you do, they cut it off you and they nail it to the wall. And there's a wall of neckties. Wow. <laughs> and I went there with a co-worker, and he deliberately wore a necktie. And, he, and they were like, we're going to cut it off. And he was it was a cowboy-themed place. And he's, he's like, sir, he made up a whole story. He was like... My my father on his deathbed gave me this necktie. That's you wouldn't amazing. have the temerity to cut it. And they then when they cut, cut it off, he was like, oh, whoa, like, <laughs> like put on a big cartoon face about it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you can't cut that off. It's just a brightly colored skin tag. And they still did. <laughs> uh, it saved me some medical bills. It's just a um, skin tag with a hula girl painted on it. <laughs> the uh, So... Uh, we oh, also find out that the that the archdeacon is coming, or no, the archdeacon is warning that the cardinal is going to mm-hmm. come, and that he's warning of treason. And he talks about he talks about the cardinal showing up like like the emperor, yeah, like the, the like church, an evil warlock. The church is so openly evil and yeah. openly sinister in this, and you're like the whole time you're like, Tuck, do you not realize that they're all super evil? Like I don't understand everyone you work with like talks like an evil sorcerer, you know? Yeah, and we see that the the church like firmly has the sheriff's fortunes in their hand. Like that he he is uh beholden to the to the church. Yes. And also and that and Tuck is there the whole time. He's kind of listening in. And we also meet that the uh the sheriff has brought in 
an elite team of hunters to hunt down this hood. That's oh, right, yeah. guys. It's the super posse from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And <laughs> yeah, who are like they? Bosk and uh, <laughs> yeah. Zuckus and Forlom. Yeah, if they're like, if they're like mercenaries, we don't need their scum. And then, and then uh, Bosk is there and goes, Rrr. it's like, wait, how? Wait, so there's okay. It's not so. One, it's not. It's not your daddy's Robin Hood. I can under. Okay, so I'll buy that in medieval England they also have people of color who are just Englishmen, but that Trandoshans are there, like mm-hmm. lizard men are there. I don't understand. Stand. Yeah, I mean they're they're jerks. The uh, uh, and, uh, and so who's, it's it's his leading? it's his old army buddies. It's his old unit led by Guy Gisborne, mm-hmm. who's got a new uh, like new facial hair, <laughs> and he's talking basically like Lobo from DC Comics. <laughs> uh oh, bastard! Yeah. Uh oh, our hero has a personal connection to the villain. <laughs> uh, this will come into play. Never. No, it sort of does. Sort of. I mean, barely. They're, they're kind of leading you up to a big Robin Guy Gisborne confrontation that. Does not happen. Not really. Okay. Yeah, if you're hoping for payoff, you're gonna be hoping you're gonna be left wanting. Stuart, sounds like it sounds like it's time to throw a big costume party. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Cardinal's coming and Rob gets invited to the party along with Marion and Will and a couple of their commons, which is weird. <laughs> it's so weird. They're like, we're gonna throw this big hedonistic Basically, Gatsby-esque, eyes wide shut casino night for the Cardinal. Yeah, Let's yeah. invite some of the poor people. <laughs> like, uh, why? Well, they're characters in the movie, yeah, aren't they? Color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so they can watch us uh, play casino games and make very obvious comments about like how poor people don't deserve money and stuff. This is also the part where the costuming just gives up on being in any way period specific. Like, they're just wearing. Las Vegas showgirl costume. Yeah, which is, like I mean, that. at least it's like fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is, it is the party scene from The Great Gatsby. Yeah. But in a castle. <laughs> like, uh-huh. the, the Lord Gatsby. We're also, we also uh, are believing that Tuck, we now know that Tuck and Marion also have a secret plan. Mm-hmm. That they have something going on. And you're like, oh, that's so many secret plans going on at once. Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess three. The bad guy's plan also. We see in in the, the party in the casino, Tuck manages to steal keys from the Lord character whose name I don't remember. Now, here's my question. Is Tuck supposed to be dressed as a Jew? He's wearing all black with a black hat. And he already looks Jewish because he's got that long hair and a beard. Like, and everyone else is dressed in costumes. So mm-hmm. I was like, he doesn't look like he's not dressed like a monk. But like, I was like, is he going yeah, as he a Jewish a, person for the, I for mean, the carnival night? He seems to be like balding, but that's not a tonsure. <laughs> no, it's no. And he covers it up with a yarmulke. No, this, <laughs> but it's, I, his his costume is so dour that I was like, so is he? Like, I, it was just very weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I he mean, was carrying I think a menorah with him. <laughs> he did keep, keep saying, no, so we have a plan, no. And he's like, a party? Where's the cake? <laughs> you know, famously, Jesus always looking for cake. I mean, at a party. Don't, don't deny it, Elliot. You're always sniffing out cake. Always looking at, look at, yeah, thank you for making it an animalistic thing, too. I appreciate that. Yes, as, as befits my people, the Hebrew race, we're always on the hunt for cake. Using their... Uh, using their snouts. <laughs> that's what Dan was saying. Yeah, that's why uh, in in uh, in Nazi Germany, of course, we had to wear yellow badges in the shape of cake. It was yellow cake. Uh, so Tuck manages to. Uh, <laughs> it would be so funny if there's some there's some racist somewhere who just doesn't know what they're talking about. They're like, gotta keep my cake safe. <laughs> Tuck manages to do a little sleight of hand. He steals keys from the Lord. He passes them to Marion. Uh, Marion uses these keys to break into his office and go through some paperwork. Because they got to follow the money. Yeah, right then uh, the Cardinal arrives and fuck yes, 
Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham. Fuck Mary Abraham. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Guys, have you ever played Fuck Mary Abraham? <laughs> We've talked about it on the show before. I, I actually leaned into Stuart's notes because I was like, there's something that's written in like twice as big as anything else with three exclamation points after it. And I'm like, oh, that's F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> and F. Murray Abraham, you mentioned his accent. It is glorious, but he, he, he seems to be playing the same character as when he was on Louis as Louis C.K.'s uncle. Oh, yeah. It was, it was some from an indeterminate foreign country and like told an anecdote that made no sense. And he and he and you're like, well, he's got this great costume and he's got this great accent. Does he have a great wig? Oh yes, he does. Oh yeah, uh, guys, have I mentioned before how I saw F. Marie Abraham on stage in a in a play? You've Probably. mentioned it many times. He was he was playing God in a debate with Mark Lynn Baker. Mark Lynn Baker was a loving new like kind of modern God, and F. Marie Abraham was an, was a Old Testament hateful God, and it was very funny. <laughs> So we, uh, the Cardinal takes the sheriff aside. They go into an office. They start talking about uh, an evil. They start doing some evil planning. And we, Robin manages to uh, break into this meeting by winging a plan that involves grabbing Tuck and using him as bait. He's like, Tuck, do you trust me? And then he starts revealing that Tuck has stolen some keys from one of the lords. Before, <laughs> before Tuck gets murdered, <laughs> Rob's like, wait a minute. Rather than murdering him, why don't we take away his job? And they're like, oh, the most evil thing you can do. <laughs> In this economy. <laughs> so we then, uh, they like defrock him and kick him out. Uh, and then we hear... This instantly puts Robin in the confidence of both the sheriff and the cardinal. Uh-huh. And they're like, stick around as we unveil our evil plan. The craziest plan where the sheriff is st- taking all this money to give the church because they have a deal with an Arabian army commander t- so that they can funnel money to the Muslim forces so that they can win the war. And then the church and the sheriff can depose the king of England. It's such a... Crazy plan for many reasons, but here's two that I want to mention. Uh-huh. One, the implication, I mean, if they were, maybe they're just funding these guys to keep them going, but the implication that I think is said at one point is, oh, they're paying the Arabs to fight the English, which the English have invaded Arab lands. So, yep. like, I don't think the Arabs needed, they weren't like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in and take over our holy places. Uh, oh, wait, you're going to pay us to fight? Okay. But also, they're so excited about the English crown. And at that time, like, the church was the most powerful organization in the world. Like England was like not not the prize it is today. It's a it's like it was a weird thing that they'd be like, we got to hold this crusade so that we can take over England, this tiny island nation full of poor people. Stuart, so, prove me wrong. <laughs> Tell me why it's a great plan. So at this point, uh, in uh, like encouraged by the cardinal, the sheriff decides that the only way they can get extra money. For the war tax, because Rob's been stealing it all, is to go to the Narrows and basically burn down all the Narrows. Well, it's the mines, yeah. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Goes there (laughs) and steal all the money from the commoners and burn down their homes. And he doesn't care. And then uh, we see that Marion has snuck out of that room with the contracts. Mm -hmm. Marion, the the librarian, if you will, now that she has the documents. She has the the documents proving that the cardinal and the sheriff have a deal with this Arabian general. Which is very strange. To the FBI, I guess? (laughs) The the papers? Is that what the post is about? (laughs) I don't know what that's... It it is funny that they have a contract that's in in Arabic that they all signed. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a silly thing. (laughs) 
so you know, like, finally we can impeach this guy. Because it's also like usually when you funnel money illicitly to a secret organization, you don't have it. You like you don't have a written contract. Mm-mm, no, you got everything written down. And she shows these contracts to uh, her boyfriend Will, and she's like, "We should we should act on this." And Will's like, "No, this could ruin my political career." <laughs> like I've been putting so much time into building up my power within this structure. This is shown by nothing. All we've seen him do is heckle the sheriff once. Yeah. Uh, he's like, this could this could ruin me. They'll, they'll come down on me. And we realize, uh-oh, this guy doesn't have the courage of his convictions. He's just a no. poser. And this is when I looked at the movie and I'm like, there's 43 minutes left? <laughs> okay, so the forces of darkness show up at the mines. They start taking everybody's money. Uh, the young urchin whose relation to Marion I don't know named Penny gets taken, assuming because her name is Penny and they thought she was money. <laughs> they thought a witch put a spell on a penny to turn into a person. <laughs> like in those old Penny uh, claymation cartoons that were on, uh, what show was that? Uh, on Nickelodeon. Uh, no, the Penny cartoons were on uh, Pee-wee's uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, that's right. Not yeah. yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse. They thought that that's what happened, right? that someone had turned had taken pennies and made a girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she meets a dinosaur. And no, we that's finally a find penny. out what happened. <laughs> no. uh, and, but, and Guy of Gisborne is leading these troops, and it's like, this is real mission creep. I thought you were brought in to stop the hood, uh-huh. and now you're just enforcing the tax laws? I mean, I think in his head, he's like, by doing this, we're going to... Uh, Pull the, to use the words of another character in this movie, pull the tail and see who bites. So they're try, okay. he's trying to draw out the hood. I see. And in the process, he and Marion get in a little scuffle, so it gets a little more personal. And then they capture Marion, and they they uh, and then when Rob sees that Marion's in trouble, he's like, "Well, I gotta do something." And he and John attack, and John's like, <laughs> "Before then, he was roasting hot dogs on the burning homes <laughs> yeah. of the mine." Uh, and he's like, we got to do something. And John's like, oh, there's too many of them. And he's like, there's not enough. I'm going to bury all these fools. Uh, so they attack. Then we get a sweet stagecoach chase, guys. Big horseback chase through yeah, the mines. This is awesome. Through the mines. Um, there's there's a point where a giant molten thing of metal crashes behind them as they run away, uh, like a giant explosion. It's mm. so awesome. I also wrote down that I hope no horses got hurt in the sequence because it's not cool enough. No. <laughs> it, was cool. Oh, it was super cool, though. <laughs> I mean, you know. Art is art. Sometimes you have to suffer. Um, so they're on, oh, wow. Well, so they're on, they're having this chase through through the robot the droid factory of Geonosis, and yeah. then what happened? It's the Donkey Kong Country minecart race. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a doom. They turn a corner, and a ballista shoots an exploding bolt, and they uh, all jump off it. And they're like, "Here we go again!" <laughs> or and then John's like, "Next time you drive." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, I got a bad feeling about this. And then uh, they they start to get surrounded. That so, should never tell us to me the odds. <laughs> they start getting surrounded. You got any more? No. Okay. They start getting surrounded. <laughs> I mean, if John's you give me a minute like, to think, but it really seems like a waste of the podcast. <laughs> and John's like, "You guys leave." And he fights for a little bit, and then uh, he gets captured. And Rob and Marion escape. And Rob has a moment of doubt. Yeah, he's like, you don't know why. And she's like, she obviously still has feelings for Rob. And he's like, and she knows he's the hood. I forgot to mention this, that like while he's rescuing her, she sees him in full costume, but she knows immediately it's him. She somehow recognizes his face and voice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And just like body, you know, like how you can sometimes just tell she knows his body. Oh, yeah. Intimately. Yeah. As established from the beginning of the movie. It's those things where like if a friend of mine is wearing like a a balaclava or something like that because it's cold out or they have a scarf over there from their face <laughs> or, and a hood, they're robbing or robbing something. a bank like if it's like I can still recognize them yeah. like I still know 
it's not like I'm like, stranger, get away from me. Uh, and they pull their scarf down. I'm like, oh, Dan, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, I thought you were a monster or a thief. <laughs> no, you were just wearing a scarf. And he puts the scarf back up and I go, ah, stranger. So she's clearly sympathetic to both his cause and the hood's cause. And he says, you don't know me. The hood's a disguise. And she's like, no, I think Rob's, it's, it's stupid. Uh, it's a stupid moment where Basically, it's like. Basically all the stuff people say about Batman, that Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman wears. Yeah, and it's this moment where you're like, you're just forcing problems here. Yeah. Like, as much as you claim that you want Marion back in your life, you don't. You just like being a, a freewheeling maniac. Um, <laughs> so John has been captured and he gets threatened by Ben Mendelsohn in a pretty fun scene because like. I gotta say, like Jamie Foxx is pretty good in this movie. Oh, yeah. oh I they're, agree. They're, they're yeah. both top scenery chewers, and it's yeah, fun to it's see them super, going at each other. Yeah, yeah. this yeah, seems his, pretty fun. His character is like wrote badass dude, but he's you know a charismatic guy, so it's yeah. fun to watch him. Yeah, he's super fun. And every every any minute, you're like, is he gonna start playing get hit the road, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> is he just gonna break out in it? Yeah. At this point, uh, what the, there's a big uh, meeting of the commoners. Will is trying to make an argument that like they should. They should leave the mines, strike out elsewhere, and he wants to like lead them to to freedom, kind yeah. of. And then the hood shows up along with Marion, and he makes uh, and he reveals himself, which is a strange choice. Yeah, to just show his penis to everybody. Yeah, he reveals himself, <laughs> uh, and he he uh, gets everyone to decide to fight alongside him, and the commoners are with him. And Will looks over, and that's when he realizes the hood really is a thief. He stole his girl. Oh, that yeah. would be the scene of an 80s movie where Will's best friend would come over and try to reassure him and Will would push him away. <laughs> He's yeah. just so mad. Yeah, and look, I maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I should save this till like the moment that Will does a heel turn because he's going to do a heel turn. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jamie Dornan, no way. He's one, normally such a nice guy. <laughs> one, of my, one of my problems with this movie is like, it's like class politics are so fucked up because yes. I feel like it betrays the character of Will. Like, it sets up this character to be this, you know, like this of-the-people revolutionary. And and the movie's like, no, 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 we don't need that. We need a rich guy to come down and save these commoners, and then mm-hmm. that'll be cool. Yeah, we. Don't, you know what? Let's reveal that the guy who comes up from the people is actually just selfish and greedy, and the rich guy is a selfless hero. Yeah. And he's the one that we... He, we that's what we... I mean, the movie is... And I'll just... I'll not to skip ahead... Plot-wise, but just to say, like, the movie then starts playing on a lot of, like, Occupy-type imagery. And yeah. it is very, it is this movie that, like, really is cloaking itself in what it thinks are, like, cool modern ideas. And I have to admit, like, it's very open about the idea that, like, the religious order is bad. Mm-hmm. And that, like, the, the, it's it's very open about, like... Uh, ruling authority and and the and organized religion is evil, which is and, and and police tactics are shitty. Yeah, are bad, and which is which are fairly, you know, radical ideas to have in a big budget entertainment thing. Yeah. But like, it's still all about like we need one guy who's a rich guy to step in, do the do all the fighting because he's the best and the toughest, and the only way to get what we want is is through violent action where we take no prisoners it's like a really yeah. regressive movie a bit that, like great man theory of history yeah it's a really aggressive movie that thinks it's a progressive movie and yeah. it dresses itself up in these ideas of like modern warfare and like there's a scene c- coming up where it seems like rob is having some kind of ptsd attack yeah and like uh it feels a lot like um what it must have been like to be in the 60s and see the movies where it's like 
this hippie has to take down the local drug dealer. And it's like, he's a cop, but he's also a hippie. You know, <laughs> like, like Billy Jack sort of thing? Yeah, like, I'm going yeah, yeah, to so. kick my way <laughs> to, to social justice. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and, like to be like, what the fuck? Like, like, we're just going to take the same old shit and dress it up <laughs> yeah. in like, modern clothing so that we seem cool. Like, yeah. it, it, made me, it made me very mad. So the people have joined Rob and they have this big like preparing montage so that they can steal the funds that the the big order of money that the Cardinal is sending to the Arabian general. They have one last chance because it's about to ship out yeah. all the money that's going to the Arabs. And the and part of his argument to sway the people to his side is that that the sheriff is taking their money to give to the Arabian army, but it's like I thought you were sympathetic to their side too, dude. Like you can't, like the argument, he was, he seems swayed by the brutal tactics of the English army, the invaders. And all of a sudden he's like, well, everybody, they're trying to help the army that is defending themselves. Isn't that terrible? He's, I think Rob is the master, real master politician that he will say whatever the crowd he's talking (laughs) to wants to hear. Or whatever the scene needs to move the plot forward. I Uh, mean, that's true too. He'll also (laughs) say whatever the movie needs to like, just keep going. So there's this big preparing montage where they're uh, like everybody, all the commoners come together and they're building stuff. And this is the point where I'm like, in any actual situation, one of these people would be like, well, I know who the hood is. I'm going to go tell the sheriff and get money for it. Yeah. And then they'll just stop this. But that doesn't happen. No, it said they all put on hoods. And this is when they would, uh, they if they had the guts, they would have played that song from Ghostbusters 2, is it? When it's oh, like the, on our own? Is that the one? It's like the, when they're when they're gearing up to, to finally defeat Vigo. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That take control song. Oh, take yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Well, the Bobby I Brown guess one. we're gonna have <laughs> or, to take control. I mean, yeah, exactly. while they're they doing Bobby Brown too songs, handle, maybe too cold to hold. <laughs> you call the Ghostbusters and they're in control. I mean, they could have done uh, "Don't Be Cruel" or "Roni." Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we'll, yeah. we'll move on. Um, Any sort of gearing up pop song. Yeah, yeah. So firework. Uh, so Jamie, Jamie Foxx is lying on the ground and they give him a bowl of food that they spit in and he <laughs> headbutts the bowl, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and then he hides a chunk of uh, ceramic uh, ceramic piece in his mouth. That'll be used later. He's There's... not just like, oh man, my food. I guess I'll eat this. <laughs> like an elephant licking the salt salt rocks inside a cave. I guess I'll just eat the ceramic walls of my cell. We see... Or he's like, this is how I'll escape. I'll eat my way out. <laughs> we see a uh, we see the money convoy, like the money train being put together. Uh, as the money train is moving down the streets. Money stagecoach convoy. It's money stagecoach. Uh, the rebels attack. As as we mentioned, it's very uh, like Antifa type. They've all uh, got scarves over their faces, and they've got Molotov cocktails and things like that, and they're like waving sticks, and it's it's very like uh, uh, the those the nineteen ninety nine WTO protests in Seattle, like uh-huh. that kind of stuff. John manages to escape using a piece of ceramic lodged in his mouth to cut a guy's throat, kind of like uh, kind of like glass, right? Glass did something like that. Um, uh, yeah, he did. I thought you meant the material, but I realize now you mean the character. Yeah, the character <laughs> glass. Um, so yeah, we have uh, you know rioters versus riot cops. All the uh, finally uh, we see guys armed with shields and like stun batons yeah. or uh, like cudgels. I mean, they just should have brought out modern riot police at yeah. that point, and, um, it, and it would have been like the end of Mother, where all the eras are com- are smashing together at once. And it has the history of man takes place in this one house. The, what a great movie, huh? Yeah. What a crazy uh, turn that movie takes. But then in retrospect, you're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. 
so the uh, while while the ride is going on, they manage to undermine the money cart and it collapses through the uh, through the ground and they have a tunnel underneath and they uh, so Rob they undermine it shoots... by telling it it's been gaining weight. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then Rob shoots the lock off because you know that's a gun basically. Um, <laughs> And then, and uh, I am so surprised that at some point they didn't have a crossbow silencer in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, the sheriff is trapped on the other side of like a firewall, and he's like, uh, "And that's not computer stuff. I'm talking about an actual wall fire." And he's like, "Get me to that cart." So his men use their shields to part a firewall. <laughs> like it's pretty weird. <laughs> uh, this so, isn't your daddy's physics. <laughs> Uh, so they forget everything you know about reality. <laughs> so they're stealing the money out of the cart and transferring to other carts. The sheriff's forces, led by Guy Giesborn, surround them and start shooting down into the hole. Rob gets shot. It's the battle of the crater all over, everybody. Am I right, Civil War buffs? Uh, yeah. Rob, yeah. Get, Rob gets <laughs> shot, and he and Marion have a moment of romance just in time for Will to show up and see it. Mm-hmm. And it distresses him so much, he gets knocked on the head and drops his fire, his petrol bomb at his feet, and he burns himself up. <laughs> Will we have a two-face moment? <laughs> Maybe. Um, so uh, they're like, let's get, uh, let's get this out. You got to be, you got to be pretty shocked by seeing your girl with another guy to drop a petrol bomb <laughs> yeah. at your, your feet. He's like, don't need these trainers anymore. Giesborn uh, <laughs> jumps down there. I bought him because she likes to jog. Giesborn <laughs> jumps down there to try and kill Rob and we had this great like Lobo moment and then uh, uh, like pretty quickly Rob beats him up and he's like begging for his life and Rob doesn't kill him which is yeah, crazy. I think, like, he's killed wants so to kill many him, people. Right? But like, well, but Rob, and, Rob is like hey, this guy saved my life in the crusade, so I can't bring myself to do it. I guess. It's a weird moment for after he's murdered because he's so not wearing people. a mask. If yeah. he had yeah. a mask, he would have If he had a mask, him. he would have been like, ah, Ma, who are you? Stranger, I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. A stranger uh, with, with, with guy's eye and voice. <laughs> Uh, and so Marion, what does she hit him with a sledgehammer? She or like knocks him out or something. Maybe she kills him. Who knows? I, I assume she killed him, but uh, I mean, after after she knocked him out, she then stabbed him a bunch, <laughs> <laughs> devouring the carcass. And, and, and Robin's like, "Well, my hands are clean." So <laughs> she goes, she hits, she goes two in the back of the head, execution style. And she shoots a bow and arrow into the back. Of his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very John Wick. <laughs> uh, so they're uh, they're about to leave. They're about to leave on boats with the money when they're like, "Where's Will?" And Rob's like. We got to go back. It's all or none. And I'm like, there's a ton of people left. There's yeah, a ton of people. There's no all the or none. <laughs> most of them are still fighting. It's like Saved by the Bell, where there's five students at the school who have names and personalities, and then uh-huh. just nameless background extras. In yeah. this movie, there's like the five characters, and they're really all who counts, uh-huh. and all the nameless villagers, who their yeah. job is just to go, oh, or yeah, or you know, yeah. look sad or happy. Mr. Belding is a sheriff of Nottingham type character right he's more like the sheriff of nottingham from the adventures of robin hood who is a buffoon uh-huh. because the real villain in that is guy is basil rathbone's guy of gisborne who's yeah. a real badass uh-huh. and they have one of the best sword fights him and errol flynn and this movie does not live up to that sword fight so is it now does it come now compare let's compare it to the sword fight between basil rathbone errol flynn and captain blood also a great uh-huh. sword fight i'd say robin hood's a little better guys prove me wrong I would say, <laughs> do is that the one where they the music is Battle of the Fates and there's those like yeah those laser walls it's laser like, walls. And Guy Gisborne he unsheaths the back end of his sword because it's double bladed. What? <laughs> what? And I'm like, I saw this in the trailer. I'll buy a T-shirt before seeing the movie. <laughs> 
I was hoping that Stuart would do the last the thing he did the last time Elliot said prove me wrong, which is just totally ignore that Elliot said something. <laughs> you would like that, Dan. You would like that. Uh, guess what? Much like Zeno's arrow, the closer we get to the end of the movie, the longer it takes us to get there. So uh, Marion uh, finds a burned and beaten Will, and he's like, get out of here. Go on, get. Uh, and then he Rob- pulls a real Harry and the Hendersons on her, but for real. He does want her to leave. So Rob has, as you mentioned, he has this like PTSD moment. Uh, he's he, flashing back to the battles. Yep. And he's seeing the, the carnage of the riders being unmasked as the police are struggling to find the real hood. So he climbs up on like a carriage or something and he's like, it's me, stop fighting. Which, why are you doing that, dude? They're not going to stop. Uh, but they, he's like, you know, I'm uh, I'm the hood. He reveals himself. He gets Again. captured. Uh, Spartacus he, thing, is that what you're going to say? He gets dragged into... No, no, they into, don't do that. No, it's just that this is the third time I think that he's revealed himself oh, okay. to someone. He gets dragged into the church, right? It's... Are they in a church or a, a castle, castle or something? Doom, I don't know. Let's call it. So he, go, know. he goes into the uh, the throne room and the it's a sheriff, multi-use evil center. Yeah, for the, the sheriff is super excited. <laughs> he has this like cool. The sheriff has this like cool cage that he's going to lock him up in, and he talks about I was going to kill him. Yada yada. Uh, Rob talks a little bit of trash, and then he looks up before he gets killed. He looks up and he sees. One of those guards has a really cool metal stump hand. So he, Uh-oh. it's actually John in disguise, and the two of them kill all the guards, killing more people, and then they wrap a rope around the sheriff's <laughs> no neck. No rap. <laughs> <laughs> well, in olden days, here's what I'm going to say. It's Robin Hood, and we're doing real good. It's a real old school crappy rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In West Philadelphia, but actually England. It's, it's back when just the idea of like, Sort of talk talking a, a rhyme yeah. was like novel enough that like yeah. people were like, yeah, we'll allow it, anything. We call it Wayne Bradying. Yeah, that's what he did on Whose Lines It Anyway a lot. So he, yeah, they wrap a. a uh, at this point, I would have expected the sheriff to pull like a sword cane out and be like super badass, yeah, but he doesn't. But no, they just the, wrap a r- rope around. And his he's neck like, right? you can't kill me. I'm the sheriff. <laughs> and they're like, not anymore. And so then they're like, sheriff revoked. Well, the, yeah, Rob <laughs> yeah. says not anymore, which just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> sheriff. He, <laughs> and and then the like rope drags him up the air and he chokes to death. And, and like a good movie, he like his pockets would have spilled a few coins on the ground. And in something. real life, he would have pooped himself. He probably <laughs> poop and coins yeah. falling raining from the sky. I mean, like, Which do I, I catch? Mean, they're both the same man. Money's just shit. We believe is valuable. Yeah, man, uh, that's earlier, really cool. <laughs> earlier, John had told the sheriff. You, you're going to ask for God when you die, but I'm going to be the last face that you see. Uh-huh. And so that prophecy is fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did it. So I guess they're outlaws at this point. Yeah. They like all run off and they're setting up their own it's little like It's like the last day of land. summer camp. They're like all going their separate ways, but they're going to meet up and they're like, see you in Sherwood. Yeah, and they're so happy. They're giving each other high fives. And then we get an ending, but a fake ending. It cuts to black and we hear a two-face coin being flipped. <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> Why so serious? So uh, uh, different guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's, we, yeah uh, he's like two-face. He's going to destroy all of Gotham's water. <laughs> so at this point, we, we cut to Will Scarlet's heel turn. His face is unwrapped. He is slightly burned. His ears kind of gross. Um, and it turns out that the Cardinal offers him the position of sheriff. Which again, all, uh, it all, uh, begs real questions about the power structure in, the, in England that the cardinal of the Catholic Church is hiring the local constabulary, but but it's 
You're right. That's right, everybody. It's the end of the Green Lantern movie, but in Robin Hood times when Sinestro turns back or any other, you know, hundred movies. Yeah. So uh, and then Will dressed up as the new sheriff goes out. He starts addressing the crowd that they need to stop the hood. He holds up a really cool wanted poster. Arrow sticks that wanted poster to the wall. Bang. Boom. We cut to credits and there's like 10 minutes of credits. So when I said 43 minutes earlier, it was only like 33 minutes. <laughs> and, and over the credits, there's some kind of song that's like. I, I don't oh. remember if it was a having a good time song or if it was a, like a fight the power type song. It's oh. probably about being a hero yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, we learned all about. Probably about being here. And there's a part in the credits where it's all animated like kind of drawings and they do a drawing that is a play on the famous image that's become a big graffiti thing of the guy with the scarf on his mask throwing a Molotov cocktail yeah. during a street protest. And I was like, come on, movie. Like, you, 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 don't get to, you don't get to co-op that. Yeah, exactly. All right, quick final judgments because we got to do a live show tonight. That's why we're in a La Quinta. Woo! So, uh, live show. That's right. Hey, thanks for coming to the show, everybody. <laughs> oh, I think you're confused. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? I'll say that like at the beginning when I was, like, like I said earlier, when I thought it was going to be like dumb in a crazy way i thought i might like it but it turned out to be dumb in a way that i said you know kind of angered me politically a little bit and bored me so i say it's bad yeah this but is a good, bad, bad or bad 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 oh. yeah this is a bad bad movie there's uh there's some good bad stuff in it if you have a real soft spot for like a dumb hist- like faux historical action movie uh, at least the the some of the performances are actually pretty fun and good, so I like those. I wish the lead uh, wasn't so bland, and that the whole movie wasn't just stitched together from other movies. But whatever. So bad, bad. I'm gonna say bad, bad. Also, more just like the 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 cloaking itself in ideas that it didn't and images that it did not earn really irritated me. But like, I don't know. Maybe in some ways it's a good bad movie. It's a pretty stupid movie. Aside from that. So it's like, we've seen worse, worse movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's pretty light. So, I don't know. Yeah. If you're interested in that. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in it and you're not going to be troubled by our hero just murdering the hell out of a lot of guys. Yeah, in like times. a PG sort of way. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no blood. It's just like an arrow hits them and they fall down. Uh-huh. And then arrows hit him and he gets up and walks away. Yeah. All right. But, uh, he, but he's not wearing armor, so it's the, it's <laughs> his the, arrow drives the it, armor into their body. The armor is the problem. Yeah. Ah. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. These are really hard questions. They are really hard questions. I don't have any answers for that. I don't either. Sack of garbage. No. The end of the show will just be five minutes of Biz and Teresa crying and screaming until the outro is played. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Genre film fans, hear me. I know you're out there. Do not be ashamed of your love for gore, action, sci-fi, or fantasy. It's time to come out of the shadows. Because on Switchblade Sisters, we celebrate our love for genre films. I'm film critic April Wolf. Each week I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their fave genre film, and we cover film craft, getting projects off the ground, working with actors, and our general love for genre movies. I've had so many great guests, like Heather Graham. In the past, it's like so many films are made by men that the female point of view is not always respected, which is why 
why all these stories haven't come out till now. Jennifer's body director, Karin Kusama. I think there's a lot more fantasy and a lot more expectation projected onto a woman director. Comedian and actor, Kate Berlant. I mean, it sounds so cheesy to talk about it in yourself, like, you just keep going, You're, you know, I'm just a vessel, like, I, I just do it, you know, I don't think, but, like, that is what it is. And many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, yep. the Flophouse is brought to you in part by Z-Man Games. Hell yeah. The makers of Pandemic Rapid Response. Cool. What, what is Pandemic Rapid Response? Well, let me tell you. Disaster has struck, and cities around the world are in desperate need of food, water, vaccines, and other supplies. With a specially equipped cargo plane, you and your team are uniquely capable of providing life-saving aid anytime, anywhere. Pandemic Rapid Response is a race against time. Roll dice to create supplies, fly the plane, and make deliveries to cities in need. As the timer counts down, you must quickly coordinate and work together to react to new disasters. Can you save humanity in time? Include seven unique character rolls and 24 custom dice. That's so many dice. <laughs> Increase the difficulty with more, city, with, more, with more city cards and add crisis cards for a new challenge. Find out more about Pandemic Rapid Response at ZmanGames.com and grab your copy of the game from a Target near you. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I just uh, I, I finally got a chance to, to crack that box and play it the other day, and it was really fun. It, uh, as a longtime fan of Pandemic, I thought this was a really cool twist on it, and it's faster. And I like uh, I like having the little like t like ticking clock mechanic, the uh, the little timer. And then also, I learned that you can uh, there's ways to make the game easier if you're not very good at it, which is good for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll take Stuart's word for it since he's the game expert. Uh, and as non the game expert, I'll just back him up. Really fun, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of cooperative games because I just want everybody to get along. Hey guys, uh -huh. why don't we all be friends? Mm, nope, only uh, only destruction and winning. Oh man, but uh, well, if you don't feel like Stuart just now, then uh, I heartily recommend it. Dan, uh, what's the name of that game again? Pandemic Rapid Response from Z-Man Games. Get Zing with it. Is that <laughs> Is their that tagline? No, it's not. it could be. Why not? <laughs> Um, I suppose we should uh, talk a little bit about our live show since we don't have any other things to talk about right now. No well, we're going to do one in a few hours. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to this right now through the hotel walls while we're recording, we're doing a show tonight in Minneapolis. But the, Well, it's sold out anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so why are we talking about it? Let's talk about our Boston shows, Dan, Boston which are technically show. in Brookline, but it's just right over the river, dude. We have a Boston show on September the 28th. The early show is sold out, but there's one at 9.45 that has tickets available. Mm -hmm. Now, Stuart, you did a show in this venue already, WBUR City Space, right? Uh -huh, yeah. And was it real fun? Uh, it was a blast, and uh, it's a pretty intimate venue, so it, you know, you're all right up on us. And uh, there's, <laughs> so, if you want to be right up on the Flophouse guys, and uh, and behind the audience in the direct eye line of the people on the stage is a giant floor to ceiling window. So, if you uh, didn't get tickets to the first show, but you want to mess with us, feel free to stand outside. Yeah. And make <laughs> well, if you didn't get tickets and you want to come to the show, just bring a stethoscope and put it up against the window. <laughs> yeah, like a real thief. Uh, you and know, it takes a thief to catch a Flophouse show. <laughs> And on October the 12th, we will be in Los Angeles. My hometown. Elliot must I be happy about it. that. I love it because it means I can stay at my house. I don't have yeah. to go to a La Quinta. 
Mm-hmm. Unless they want to sponsor the show, I think we in also which want case, to point I'll say good things. The Boston shows are going to be doing two different movies. Yes. So yes. if by chance you want extra nonsense from us, we'll be doing two different episodes. I mean, if you for want, almost four hours. <laughs> you, but we will. That's true. We'll be doing two different shows, so you might want to go to both. Uh, we'll be doing a different show from both of those when we're in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm so excited that Stuart will finally knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, do don't let the evil eye get us. That he will finally be able to join us in LA. I don't know. My back's feeling a little twitchy. No. So even if you saw us in LA two years ago, <laughs> this will be a different show. I'm, I'm about to get in a fight with this guy named Bane, but he's just a wimp, right? <laughs> no. Well, I can't help Stuart's back that we are all hunched over a hotel room table. I mean, yeah. I'm a master of the darkness. <laughs> and unless he was born in the dark, <laughs> I think I got this one. Guys. I love the idea that Bane walks in and Batman goes, wait, before we fight, no back stuff, okay? And Bane's <laughs> like, um, well, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> um, oh boy, I got to really uh, re-strategize on the fly here. <laughs> Although he would say like this, oh, Batman, but backs are what I break. Oh, bleh. I'm so kind of a vampire. Why didn't Batman have like little spikes on his on his back like a little dinosaur like a stegosaur <laughs> then he'd be stegosaur man not batman <laughs> I, guess right. I mean have you seen a bat that's, that's your Bane answer will be like i can't break him over my knee that'll poke my little knee Bane, yeah Bane is like i can't break him over my knee he's my son dan explain the riddle how is this possible let's go to letters instead <laughs> the um, doctor i am Bane. <laughs> Uh, the first letter, <laughs> the dumbest recurring bit. <laughs> this, this first letter is from Jackie, last name withheld. Chan. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, yeah. it's spelled J A C Q U I. So I doubt it's Jackie Chan. I don't Maybe he's trying something new. Sure. Uh, Jackie says, Hi, you fellas. What's the dumbest pop cultural argument you were on the wrong side of? <laughs> Whether being just plain wrong or backing the lesser choice. I got into an argument with a girl in middle school that, quote, no, the female lead in Brain Candy is definitely played by a woman. Thanks, Jackie, last name withheld. Oh, similar to that, I once got into an argument when I was a teenager about the movie Dumble Indemnity, where I was insisting that Edward G. Robinson was not in the movie. I had never seen Dumble Indemnity, but being a nerdy boy, I could not admit that. And so instead I was like, no, 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 no. And then I finally, years later, saw it and was like, oh, he's the third lead in the film. Like, he's very obviously in it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this isn't this doesn't quite answer the question, but I want to tell the story anyway. It was uh, when I went to uh, Max FunCon West, I went to uh, Hodgman and uh, Chuck's, their trivia, their like cool, fun trivia thing. And I was totally worthless the whole time. I'm terrible at that sort of thing. But there was a question that was like, name all the actors who have played Hannibal Lecter. And I'm like, Oh, I got this one because I thought for some reason I knew the actor who played Hannibal and Hannibal Rising oh, or whatever that fucking movie was, yeah. where it's like young, young, sexy Hannibal. Not to be confused with with Mads Mikkelsen, who was always yeah, yeah, sexy or young Sheldon, which is a different thing. <laughs> but he's still Thank Hannibal. <laughs> That'd be an amazing <laughs> twist in the last episode of Young Sheldon as he eats one of the other characters. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you thought this was that Sheldon from Big Bang Theory? <laughs> this is a different Sheldon." It would be weird if it was the same Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be just, like they didn't mention happened? it through all the seasons of Big Bang Theory they would be eating people on the side is that why Bob Newhart's character is a ghost on that show <laughs> has he been eaten by Sheldon oh, it's like it was a phase he went through and he doesn't feel the need to talk about it now that he's an adult so it just never came up so I, I like proudly exclaimed some name that I don't remember now who I thought was the actor and I was totally wrong and I've been shamed and will never do that trivia ever again the one that, I, that comes to my mind is the end of uh, Avengers Infinity War 
I was convinced that at the end of that, Thanos had died. Like the power of the gauntlet, you know, overcame him. Because like the next thing you see I is understand that. I mean, him talking literally... to Gamora in this like like limboy area, and I thought like, okay, like he like sacrificed himself to do his mission, and now he's dead. And now and, he's like, in heaven, as is rightful. Well, <laughs> he's in some sort of afterlife. I see. You yeah, know, yeah, he goes to see his family talking in the to field his of green or whatever. <laughs> so that's what I thought, and then I was like, oh no, he's. He's in the next movie. I think it's interesting that Stuart didn't mention his most famous uh, arguing something that's incorrect about a movie <laughs> involving uh, a certain rip-off of Ding Dong. Oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe we could talk about it after the show because it doesn't sound like something I'm familiar with. <laughs> I will I will mention also something that I realized I had grown up at a certain point when, and this is not to endorse any personal behavior on the part of the filmmaker involved in this but when i realized that it was not an injustice that annie hall had defeated star wars for best picture uh-huh. as a kid it's always like can you believe that annie hall beat star wars star wars is amazing and then i reached i remember being around 14 or 15 and seeing anna hall and gonna be like oh this is a beautiful movie like oh yeah that's why i beat star wars because it's about grown-ups okay yeah you were like there's no wars in the name at all <laughs> not annie wars hall so so at what point does alvy use his mind powers <laughs> yep this next letter is from David T. Last Name Withheld. Okay. I assume that stands for David the Last Name Withheld. No, maybe, I thought it was David T. and the women. Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the famous Robert Altman film, Dr. T. and the women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took me a moment, and then I was like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I can't believe that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> so David writes, Hi, floppers. On a recent long-haul flight, I felt like it would be a good opportunity to channel my inner Dan and take in that most rarefied of cinematic forms, the plane movie. Mm -hmm. The onboard entertainment system even had a number of things I had been meaning to see, including the Grand Budapest Hotel and Red Sparrow. However, Very similar films. I was disappointed to find that upon starting these films, there was a notice saying they had been edited for content. This notice caused me to immediately lose interest for two reasons. The first is just a gut reaction against that kind of censorship. While I understand the airline's desire to prevent an unsuspecting kid a few rows back from seeing something super violent, I feel like that sort of edit fundamentally changes the character of a film. Second, if I did if I did watch that edit, I would later feel compelled to go back and watch the real version. And if I'm going to do that, why watch the censored one in the first place? My questions to you are as follows. And he's got one for each of us. Okay, great. Okay. I'm assuming he's going to ask Dan about his feelings toward the censorship of the new Final Fantasy remake where they made one of the women's chests smaller. <laughs> Dan has been raging about it. He said uh, it ruined his childhood. <laughs> yeah. Do not start that rumor. Uh, Dan, when on a plane, do you watch films that have similar content-based edits? Elliot, as a father, do you appreciate that sort of censorship of plane movies for your children's sake. Stu, on a related note, uh-huh. which is the funnier line from a bad TV edit of an R-rated movie? Quote, I've had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> or, funny. quote, this is what happens when you fight a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> yeah, Keep on flopping classic. in the free world. P.S. I ended up watching the unedited Ocean's 8. It was fine. So I, maybe we should take this in order. Dan, when on a plane, do you watch edited films? I do, but I, too, have the problem that you do. I wish that they were unedited. I understand the argument for for editing them for the sake of other passengers, but I'm chaotic good, and I feel like whatever. Uh-huh. 
People will see what they'll see. It's weird that they, they edit out the objectionable content with just shots of planes crashing. I will, I will say, I will tell this story. I watched, uh, I watched The Overnight, which yeah. The Overnight has long sequences of uh, Adam Scott and Jason Schwartzman uh, nude with prosthetic penises. Uh-huh. Um, but you how know, do you know they're prosthetics? You've seen them with I've the, read without interviews them? about them. <laughs> oh, okay. But if you're like compared to the photos I took through their windows. Yeah, yeah. He picked up these effects. Well, part uh, of it is like, <laughs> part of the thing about it is. Gloria had a huge, had a huge special feature about it. How they how they achieve the makeup effects of those prosthetic well, pieces. Also, part of the thing of it is Adam Scott has like a micro penis, and Jason Schwartzman has a comically large penis. So. Oh, I see. But I mean, again, could be possible. But they're like dancing around, fully dicks out for a lot of the movie, and I maybe. Uh, I may be inventing this in my memory, but I believe that there was one point I was watching this movie and uh, one of the captain's announcements came on, which, of course, freezes <laughs> the screen on this dick uh, scene. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm like putting my hand up over the screen. Because you want to touch their penis. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe if I wish hard enough. Yeah, is this <laughs> like a reverse last action hero? <laughs> Where's my magic ticket? <laughs> So anyway, that's that's my answer. Uh, Ellie, do you appreciate the content editing or do you not? I mean, at this point, it I'm I, I it doesn't matter to me because when my son my son's at the age where if, when he's on a plane, he sits in front of that screen and we just put on bubble guppies or something and he just is glued to it and so he doesn't notice anything else going on in the world around him until it's time to eat pretzels in which case we go through our pretzel routine that he and i have that's very cute where we pretend that we're like wine tasters and so we like sniff the pretzels and then listen to them and look at them really close and then eat them as if they're delicacies i mean i think it's for us to judge whether that's cute Elliot. it I don't is know you can... well you should see it it is objectively adorable <laughs> okay you get so into it but other than that he doesn't notice but i'm sure i mean i don't know if it's the thing is i want do they really edit the violent stuff out because I know that often nudity gets edited out but not violence and yeah, I'd rather I the violence get edited out and swear, swears and swears it's like the only person who's going to hear the swears is the person it's like you should your kids should not be watching a movie that you think is objectionable on a plane anyway yeah. so like if they're well old, I think it's for old, people looking over other people's shoulders but that's the well then swears doesn't matter you worry that they're yeah. going to mouth the word yeah. the swears but like I think it's first I think maybe when he gets a little older I'll be glad about that stuff but right now it, I have no real opinion on it so I said it's not the most interesting answer. Stuart, do you have a... I'm going to say the first one, the one from the Monday editing. to Friday. Plane. Yep, the uh, Snakes on a Plane. Monday mm-hmm. to Friday is pretty funny. It's really yeah. great. I remember growing up, like, my favorite one was, uh, because I, it was the one I saw edited for content the most, was Coming to America. Uh-huh. And the whole Forget You Too scene where he's shouting out at the other denizens of Queens. When he's singing and they, they want him to shut up. Yeah. Well, how did they edit the scene where they wash the royal penis? I think it's completely removed. <laughs> and uh, what they do is they add in a shot of planes crashing. <laughs> wow, cool. even on television? It's strange. My, Comedy Central's wild. When I was growing up, my parents were very loose with us watching movies nudity. So we watched the unedited Coming to America off HBO all the time. But we had an edited... All for, the time. All the time, constantly. Looped. Uh, <laughs> they put me in the... In, it was the Ludovico technique. And I had yeah. that... They stretched my eyes open. <laughs> we had an edit, edited for TV version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. So the lines... and It seemed when he... It's, I'm, the line that's in my head in the movie is, he, Cameron is so tight, if you stuck a piece of coal in his fist, in one week you'd have a diamond. Or later on... Uh, Cameron's trying to be someone on a phone, and he goes, "Pardon my French, but you, sir, are a moron." And so, like, and when I see the the unedited one, I'm like, "That's not the line. Hold on, he says moron there." Yeah, I was shocked. I like, I feel like I was well into adulthood before I learned that Sixteen Candles has a brief shower scene in it. Oh wow, yeah. 
but which, yeah, the, which is completely uh, like gratuitous, by the way. But yeah. removing that scene is the most gratuitous offensive thing from that movie. You say, right? <laughs> no, no. Again, don't put words in my mouth. No, no. Call, let's quote Dan McCoy on that. Uh, this last letter is from L. Remainder Be it, of... <laughs> Kalen. And it says, hey guys, it's me. <laughs> I'm trapped in Dad's phone. <laughs> Please let me out. There's an imposter there recording with you. No, no, shoot him. I'm the real Elliot. <laughs> uh, I think we're supposed to shoot your phone, Dan. <laughs> wait, wait, which one? I know this. Which one of them has a goatee? <laughs> <laughs> this is from L. Remainder of first name withheld, Izzard. So some sort of lizard. Okay. Okay. Letty Izzard. Um, <laughs> who writes... I have a question that's right up that's right up Elliot's alley, but Stuart and Dan, feel free to weigh in too. Get well, right, get nice right. of you. Yeah, no, no, crawl right up my alley. I want it. Stick that question right up my alley. Oh my god! Come on, get all in there. Oh wow! My son is almost three, so I've been watching the Cars movies over and over. Welcome to my hell. In the first <laughs> movie, they're not that bad. In the first movie, two fans of Lightning McQueen flash their headlights at him, and he says something like, "I love my job." In Cars two. Mater approaches a vendor at the flea market and asks what she's selling. When she says, headlight, monsieur, headlights, he seems embarrassed and drives away. However, in the first movie, when Mac finds McQueen, he says he's a sight for sore headlights. That seems weird, since their eyes are in their windshield. So in the world of cars, are headlights boobs? <laughs> Keep up the good work, L. Izzard. I think they are, and that actually, that joke is one of the few in the Cars movies that I find, that I... Don't like that. I don't like outright on content reasons, as you guys know. Long established Flophouse canon. I don't like jokes in kids movies that play off of like swear words or like references kids wouldn't know or yeah. sex stuff. And so like, headlight. I think the real problem here though is why are we mapping human anatomy onto non-human figures? Why are we assuming that one cars bear live young that require milk feeding? Mm-hmm. They're not mammals. Yep. They don't have hair. Uh-huh. Or two. That cars are sexually attracted to the same types of body parts that we yeah. are now, and also sexually attracted to a body part that is exposed at all times. Exactly, you'd think they'd be attracted to like they'd pop their hoods and show their engines, and yeah. that's what like Hustler have, in the Cars world shows: is have, the girls pop their hoods. Have our imaginations gotten so limited? <laughs> yes, there's a there's a there's a line in a Theodore Sturgeon short story where an alien is talking about a car and says something along the lines of why Why would they only streamline the parts that they could see? Why would they? Why wouldn't they streamline the whole thing, and, or something like that? And it's like, yeah, let's open up our minds to the car's perspective. Why does everything about them have to be somewhat human? You know, why does it have to be? But maybe there's a body part that cars have that is the headlight that does a number of different things, and yet is still a sexual object in some way. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that'll be saved for the uh, the follow up. Uh, Cars, Cars Four novel written by Jeff Vandermeer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, it really makes us rethink our body horror and our and our creeping paranoia about the cosmos. Yeah. Um. um so that's what I would say. They're boobs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally boobs. Um. So let's go on to the final part of the show where we make a few recommendations of movies you should watch instead of Robin Hood. Let's do it. Maybe oh, wait, I'll also plane? say, I should mention to that person, if they haven't seen Cars 3 with their kid, Cars 3 is the best of the Cars series. But oh, you think so? I do think so, yeah. I watched about oh, a third of it on Netflix and was enjoying it fairly well and then didn't feel the need to return to it. I think that's okay. I think we <laughs> might have met, talked about this before and I might have mentioned you are not the target audience for the Cars films. <laughs> so are we going to recommend Robin Hood movies? Uh, we don't have to, but you can if you want. Okay. 
I'm gonna recommend Robin Hood from 2018. It stars Jamie Foxx. Wow. And it's just like finally a movie with ideas, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. But uh, maybe you should guys... is it my daddy's Robin Hood? It is. Well, is your daddy Jamie Foxx? No, my daddy's Kevin Costner. <laughs> okay, then no, it's not. Uh, I guess I'll go. I like look. Look, here's the here's the secret about recommendations. We don't have to recommend something that we saw recently, uh-huh. but that often happens, and I don't know why you guys do it, but in my case, it's because my memory is bad, and I can't remember like what movie I liked in the past that I haven't recommended before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, sometimes I end up just recommending whatever I saw recently, which is not to say I did not like the movie I'm going to recommend. It's just going to say it's just to say there's no need for me to recommend because it's a big blockbuster movie and that's uh your spider-man far from home i really like the sam raimi spider men but uh i think overall this new version might be my favorite spider-man version i i will say that i think that um yeah, because you, you, you didn't like uh, Spider-Verse, right? You like a plain, oh, Spider-verse. Old, like a plain old white Spider-Man, Well, right? Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah, you again, said don't put things you, in my mouth. You said something about, like, I can't relate Do to this Spider-Man. Put, again, you guys are jerks. <laughs> you couldn't put your finger on it, but there was just something you found threatening. You guys are assholes. I, no, I, all right. Spider-Verse actually might be the best Spider-Man movie. It is almost certainly the best, although sentimentally, Spider-Man 2 was my favorite. That being said, of the continuing stories, I'm sure they'll do a Spider-Verse sequel, but of the continuing stories so far... They already did a Spider-Verse sequel in the comics. I like this version, and I will say that definitely this is my favorite... I think Zendaya is is my favorite um, love interest for a Spider-Man. I think she's super charming in this movie. Even though she's Michi? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say that that as if it's a bad thing? I don't know why that would affect things. I Just the whole movie, I was like, Spider-Man, that's Michi. Uh, I like the I like the the fact that they are able so so able in these movies to combine like a lighthearted teen comedy and a superhero movie and to the to the degree that I went to the theater with my girlfriend and she like was so upset about the parts where there were conflict she's just like I want to see a movie about Spider Man taking a a European vacation and getting to kiss people. <laughs> like, I want to be happy about what's happening. Like, there's so many complications that keep him from being happy. I'm like, well, do, that's kind of the Spider-Man that's thing. Kind of his deal. <laughs> he do never not, needs to be happy. Do not show her if looks could kill, starring Richard Grieco. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, just a lot of fun. That's all. <clears throat> I can go next. I'm going to recommend. I'm going to continue my trend of horror movies focusing on a single mother with a child. I'm going to recommend a recent movie called uh, The Hole in the Ground. Uh, it's, I think, English, or it's Irish. Um, it's an Irish movie, and it is about a woman who has moved into a new home, and she discovers behind, in the woods behind her house, there is a massive, like, sinkhole thing. And then one night when her son is out in the, uh, her son, she thinks her son has run off, um, but when she finds her son, he he seems to be acting different than what she expected, and she's concerned that her son might be some kind of a doppelganger or something. And it's uh, it's you know it it plays on some classic stuff, uh, but it's a fun watch. And if you like horror movies, check it out. Uh, I'm gonna do a kind of too easy recommendation, and then so I might throw in another one. But I mean, I mentioned it already in this movie. I feel like in this movie, in this episode, we watched a Robin Hood movie. I really love the Errol Flynn Adventures of Robin Hood. So I'm really if you haven't seen it. It's just like the most, like one of those like perfectly put together 30s studio, just glossy adventure movies that 
has really nothing going on in it except just nonstop, like, kind of fun and adventure. And Errol Flynn is just so, like, charismatic and alive in it. Like, our idea of what Robin Hood is like, a lot of it comes from this movie. Olivia de Havilland's in it, and she's great, and she's still alive. And every day that I remember that Olivia de Havilland is still alive, I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. It's just, like, super fun. Like, Eugene Pallet's Friar Tuck is, like, always the Friar Tuck for me. And Uh it's in color in that beautiful 30s Technicolor because they put a lot of money into the sets and the costumes and everything. And it just looks gorgeous. The sword fighting is great. Yeah. The Adventures of Robin Hood. Like, and I'm sure that... I bet you there are things in it that don't, like, culturally hold up today. I haven't seen it in a few years. But it's just, like, you know, nonstop fantasy adventure in a great way. But it feels like it's pretty easy to just recommend a better Robin Hood movie. Speak, yeah, I mean, speaking of other Robin Hood movies, I'm glad the one we watched today didn't try to be, like, the hot, sexy Robin Hood. Because we already have that. That's the animated Robin Hood, which is the sexiest of all the Robin Hoods. Oh, boy. I watched that again recently, and Sammy loved it. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. This is one of the most boring animated movies ever made come at come at me haters i that fox is super Man, sexy it's, i loved it when i was it's a super kid. sexy but it is watch it again it is so dull but okay. part, partly because it was made on a really tight budget yeah. they're reusing animation from like other from movies the from book. the jungle book and the, the audio recording is bad you can hear the rooms that they're recording in <laughs> like peter ustinov is yelling and you can hear the sound bouncing off the ceilings but also the way it's shot it's all wide shot two shot close up on whoever's talking like there's no interesting they don't take advantage of animation because they didn't have the money to do it yeah. so like they you're, you're just using the same backgrounds over and over again like it's it's a you you watch it as an adult and you're like oh this is a movie that was really made on a budget like you compare it to a movie like pinocchio or even like dumbo which was also made on a budget but 30 years earlier and it just doesn't hold up but anyway so that's my hot take is i don't like the disney robin hood okay. but the errol flynn robin hood i love but because it's easy to recommend a robin hood i've been in a i've been on a real western kick lately and it's made me think about one of my favorite westerns of all time i don't think i've recommended it on the show before i apologize if I had it's called the gunfighter starring gregory peck it's a henry king movie and gregory peck plays the classic character of a gunfighter he's the quickest draw so he's always being challenged when he was a young man he made a big reputation, and now he's haunted by it because men are constantly challenging him, and he has to prove himself in order to save his life, and that means he's racked up a trail of bodies along the way, and he's become haunted, and he has a, a love that he left behind in a town and a son who doesn't know that this man is his father, and he decides that he's going to go back to the town they're in and visit them, and the whole movie takes place pretty much over one day, maybe even one afternoon. No, no, it's one day, and it's him in this town and kind of dealing with the consequences of this life that he built for himself. And it's a really, really great movie. Maybe that, no, it doesn't all take, it takes mostly place in one day. It's and mo- yeah, it's mostly, it's not, it's not real time or anything. But no, it's no, it's mostly, but Gregory Peck's really great in it. It's and not like Nick of Time. No. I once hosted a screening of it and because a, one of the projectors was down, we had to, there had to be a break between each of the reels while they mm-hmm. were changing the reels. Because this is back in olden times, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're using real film. And, Every single, like, it's like every 10 minutes, there was enough of a little cliffhanger that, like, you needed that next reel. And I was just amazed. It wasn't until that moment that I realized how beautifully structured the movie is. Hmm. So, The Gunfighter. But it, it, that's if you want something that's slightly more serious. But if you just want to, like, check your brain at the door, The Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah, Gunfighter is one of those ones that I recorded off of Turner Classic Movies just sort of on faith because it had, like, five-star rating or whatever. And I'm like, this is interesting. I, I, I You know, I like Gregory Peck. I like... A Western, and uh, yeah, I was not disappointed. It's super good. That's the movie that was a, not a huge success at the time, and people were like, because Gregory Peck has a mustache. How can you cover up that pun of and expect to make money? Come on. 
Well, let's uh, close up the old flop house. Uh, we gotta <laughs> let's bring down the gates, turn the lights down. Yeah, we got the tents, put the elephants back on the tram car. Schedule before this show, so let's just end it. And by ending it, I will start to end it by saying saving a lot of time. <laughs> I've been I've been Dan McCloy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And this isn't your daddy's Ellie Kalen saying I've been Ellie Kalen, but not your daddy's Ellie Kalen. Cool. See ya. <laughs> Everybody likes us. Everybody hates us. I guess, I guess so. Go eat, eat worms. How do we eat fried worms on bookstores now? I mean, on bookshelves. It's not on the top of the store. Where there's, where there's, yeah, how are you going to get to that book? A big stack of them. Land your helicopter on Barnes Noble. Pick up the book. Uh, okay. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.